And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode... Kaz agrees to watch Orca and Flix's shop, but things take a deadly turn when a mysterious customer arrives. There will be visits to Mom, Bidey destroys a ship, and Kaz learns retail help. We're talking about dangerous business this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. I almost, they're almost beyond retail. This is almost like story of an antique shop. I'll get into it more into when we get into the episode, but this is like uh, the, like Orca and Flick. You know how they have you talk about gay coding. I think this is there's antique shop coding in this in their story. I mean, the place, place is almost an antique shop. I'll I'll get into it more, but I can get I I can totally get behind that because there are some parts of this like like what got me and i and i get it it's a 20 minute episode it would take away from the episode but as someone who's worked 15 years of retail i would never let someone just like a brand new like worker walk in it not show them around not show them where everything is not give them an item list and then just fuck off for a day <laughs> like I, that's i was just I had that moment of like, you know, because I've been a, a manager for years. I was a manager for like seven years in various stores. And I was just like, oh, poor Kaz, he's a new hire and he has no structure. <laughs> How does he know? And I had that moment. I was like, Arc and Flix are not your standard corporation retail. They're just like, bye. <laughs> yeah, don't sell that stuff. Sell every, as much everything else you can. Take their money. I do love that scene where they're like, customer voice, right? Take their money. When in doubt, take their money. <laughs> take their money. And I was like, yes, these 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 two are my favorites. They might end up being my my Rexvolution at the end of the season. Excellent. Um, well, my dream show, and I say dream like the dream Sparkle Fingers show that I would love to make would be Orca and Flicks going through the secret sequel trilogy as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but with, like, big gay musical numbers and, like, just them just being just, like, super gay. Um, not not canon. Totally not canon. Just a really fun thing of just Orca and Flicks going through the sequel trilogy as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That I, is my I just want to see a domestic sitcom based in... Like, like not on not like in some other, you know, they've relocated in some, you know, and set up shop somewhere and maybe they sell, you know, whatever they sell, it doesn't matter. But it just a sort of Sanford and Son domestic sitcom laugh track, the whole the whole nine yards, you know, and it's just sort of, you know, they're they're they're. 
you know the the whole base the whole framework of it that holds it together is just their personalities their their personality interactions and then you you have their wacky neighbors and the customers and and then all the hijinks that ensue from that i would be i would be very happy with that i was about to say like so one division but for star wars and i was like no one division has too much drama packed into it (laughs) Oh. Yeah, no, 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 totally, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, no, 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 it's not scoring as high as a lot of recent episodes because it was kind of slight. It was fun, but it was slight. And I, I, I think what I liked about it more were like, this one really has a lot of like personal connections just with the Orca and when I realized what it was about Orca and flicks, it made them so familiar. When I which one is it with the, the, the bird one with the long legs. That's flicks. That's flicks. Yeah. It was it was with it was uh, like not even the dialogue, but the way he said the dialogue that I would I, I know what the connection what the connection is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll get into that in part one. But yeah, I kind of agree. Like like this, this episode isn't the spectacle that like the last few episodes have been with like Bebo or like Station Theta Black where we're fighting Phasma. This is a much quieter episode. Which I I don't think that's to its detriment. It just doesn't have the spectacle. But that said, like I think this is one of the best Kaz episodes so far, and I just love Orca and Flicks, and it's yeah. fun. Like it, it's yeah, okay no, it to manages, have a... It manages to to show so, some subtle progress with Kaz in the way that like he operates in this, but it's not really like a heavy theme in it. But I like that. I like it. it's just sort of like moving along in the story. Yeah. But we see a Kaz in this one that's more, he's settled in, he's fe- he's home now, he feels like home. So he's, so his, he's actually trying, he's actually, and he also doesn't have to feel like he fits in anymore, he's fitting in, so he doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to act like I'm doing work. He actually is like, try, trying to, try, you know, trying to, to, not to blend in, but he's actually just blended in, you know, and he's actually, he, he we're, may not, we're starting you know, to get into my putting pieces a little bit here. in back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ahead, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's subtle, but yeah. And we have he's to get doing a little better. Bit, Kids doing getting, better. And we're getting a little bit of that sequel trilogy world building there at the end too. So we're, we're getting bit, it. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. What? You ready to get into it? Yep. <clears throat> Oh, I'm I'm so like snotty from like <clears throat> oh from I'm aller, I'm in allergy hell like I'm just like coughing up yellow and it's disgusting. It's been real. It's been pretty good. The weather's been nice and the pollen's been reasonable here, but that won't last long. Oh no! Please take ours. Ours like my my poor little Grand Inquisitor car is normally red. He is a very distinct shade of orange right now. Like yeah, well is... yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In a month we get this light yellow green mist that covers everything in a in a sort of sticky, polleny, dusty 
coding yep. everything yep. for for like two weeks. Take so, it away from us, please. Please, you can have it here. It's coming. <laughs> it's know. on its way here. It's blowing up Toad's Mason Dixon line. Hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> Dangerous Business is the 13th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on January 20th, 2019, and it was written by Eugene Sun and directed by Saul Ruiz. So, extra information for you. Taraj Key is voiced by John Ennis. His other works include Malcolm in the Middle, Townies, and American Dad. The original outline for the episode had Orca and Flicks leaving the platform to deal with a major shipment problem. It then changed to leave to them leaving to seal the biggest deal of the year. By the second draft of the script, this had been changed once again to them visiting Flicks's mother. It makes me wonder, sorry, I hope's inserting here a note. Um, because when I was reading through this and they were like, oh, it, it went through like three drafts before they were settling on the mother. And this is the first episode where it like really solidifies of like, oh, this is the strongest hint that they're a couple. <laughs> like so far, like they were already all kind of like coded earlier in the thing. And I'd be like, oh, they're kind of coded this way. But this was the episode where we're like, we're going to go see my mother. Bye. And so it makes me wonder if it was not just going to see my mother. It well, was yeah, yeah, the way he, me, it was me, the let, way let me, he let me said my, my mother. Let me finish my point. Um, it makes me wonder if they hadn't planned for them to be a couple until later in the stage. I don't know. I don't know. Like it would be, you know, I mean, it would be something that like maybe they didn't want to like push through. Right. You know, you have so many characters, you just have it just sort of. And, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to yeah. say. Yeah, that's why I'm, it's kind of a speculation. Because it, it was all done ahead of time, so it didn't have anything to do with, like, fan speculation or anything like that, I, you know, I think. And, and I don't think it's, it like, to a kid, they're just going to be like, okay, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not, like, a huge, like, tell or anything, you know. So Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, uh, Taraj Key's design is based on the Katerian alien lurking in the background of Canto Bright Casino in The Last Jedi. His uniform and starship bear is a black and gold mining guild logo, first developed for the 1997 Star Wars role-playing game box set Lords of Expanse, and it also appeared on screen first in Star Wars Rebels and then later in Clone Wars. While Flix isn't actually part of a part Gungan, as he claims, he is a brand new alien species for the series called a Gozo, designed for this show but based on an original Ewok sketch by Ralph McQuarrie. Some of these sketches ended up becoming the Yuzim species. The more bird-like sketches were used as inspiration for Flix. Sup, Yoda? Hello, I'm Sup. totally Yoda. Hello. Hi. I'm Hi. Yoda. I am a Jedi. Hi, Kurt. Chris, I Yoda. actually honestly can't can't tell if you're doing Yoda or Kermit right now. Oh, I I'm totally Yoda. I'm ah. I'm a Jedi master with a uh I've got a a, a lightsaber. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes. What do you sound like when you're excited? Hi ho! Yoda the Jedi here. <laughs> Arms flailing. Woo! 
I'm excited about the force. What if, what if I started singing the ABCs and started putting in Cookie Monster? I, I, I do not know what a Cookie Monster is. I have well, never seen a Cookie Monster. A likely story, except for Yaddle stealing those cookies. Um, anyway. <laughs> Yaddle, yes, I remember Yaddle. She's very nice. <gasps> Who are you, and what have you done with my Yoda? Where is he? I, 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 I yeah, did, 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 was there a question that I should answer? I'm good at answering questions. Where's Yoda? Um, Yoda hates Yaddle. I am totally Yoda. Do he oh, yes, yes, him? Yaddle, yes. <laughs> oh, I don't like her. No. Totally Yoda. Just gonna back away slowly. Chris, Chris, I think we're. I think Yoda's missing. Chris, I say we just roll with it and see where it goes. What are you gonna I, do? I don't know. Plow missing person's report. He's obviously a frog. <laughs> I mean. Obviously a frog. I mean, yeah, they're both. I mean, he kind of looks like Yoda. I mean, do we just play with this? He doesn't have ears or anything. He's just like a sock. I don't know. Maybe Yoda's drunk and just sent him or something. I don't know. I I don't know, but he seems nice. He seems like a nice guy. You know? He hasn't hasn't tried to hump anything yet. Hi. Well, maybe this might be a better thing. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Hello. Yoda, I say with quotes. Are you ready for your question this week? Hi-ho, I'm Yoda, and I'll answer your questions. Alright, well. Eh? Orca and Flix in this episode went to go visit their mother, and I was wondering, what was your mother like, Yoda? Oh, wait, you're a Jedi. You don't have a mother. I, I... I often think about my mother. And I have my mother always just make clean my room. And I didn't want to clean my room. Um, if you're a child or a parent, you should never let your child do something that makes you hate them because they know No. There he goes. <laughs> that was know. really creepy. I, that I was really creepy. I don't know what happened at the end there. Like he I think he to... ate Yoda. That, that something's wrong with that guy. Yeah, I don't. I'm a little bit. I'm. I'm sh- I don't know where our Yoda is, but I hope he's okay. Hopefully he's just sleeping in a ditch somewhere, you know, as he does. I mean, it's not the first, it's not the first time he's, like, slept in a ditch before, so. I mean, I've been creeped out by Yoda, but that was really creepy. Yeah, yeah. That was more Silence of the Lambs style than, uh, <laughs> just hump your leg. Ready? <laughs> I am ready. Alright. <clears throat> Act one! We open 
on a beautiful early morning on the Colossus, and everything is lovely, and it's gorgeous, and Team Fireball walks in, and Tam is all like, that Kaz keeps taking my damn ship, and he takes it out, and he breaks it, what the hell, I'm so mad right now, but they get to the Fireball, and it's miraculously fixed, and Tam's like, what is happening here, like, everything looks great, and Kaz pops up, he's just like, guess what, everybody? I'm getting better at my skills. And they're all like, yay, Kaz, this looks great. This is very impressive. You are like 85% correct on your mechanic skills. And Kaz is like, I will take it. And Yuker's like, this is cool and all, but like, how are you paying for all these parts? Like, they don't just come out of your ass. And Kaz is like, funny you say that because I for the plot of this episode am going to work in Orca and Flix's store and they're all like oh you're gonna fail horribly and Yuku is like I also think you're going to set things on fire because they apparently have very dangerous things in there Kaz and you are a rich child and you have no concept of what menial work is except for the last like two months you've been living here you have no idea what retail is and Kaz is like thanks for believing me all you guys, you suck. <laughs> so Kazlin leaves the BB-8 to go to Orkin Flicks' house. So he gets Orkin Flicks, and Orkin Flicks are getting ready to go visit their mother, which is just a terrible story. And everyone's favorite gay uncles are just like, Kazzy, darling, thank you for coming. We're going to go see my mother and take her these space flowers. But you need to do a couple things for us. You see this shop? Don't blow it up. You're going to help some customers take their money. See our pet Gorg? Take its money. Gorgy doesn't make money. <laughs> and they introduce Bitey. They're amazingly little pet Gorg. And Bitey's all just like, I want to fucking eat your hand. And Kaz is like, you're a scary little bitch, aren't you? And so Orca and Flix are like, this is really great. Thank you so much for helping us. One other very, very important thing. After you take their money, don't do anything with the back room. Because the back room is dangerous, it will blow up, there's dangerous things back there, it will blow up, and don't do it, this is very ex important because it's the plot of the episode, don't go back there. And Kaz is like, right, don't go back there for the plot of the episode. I got it. So Orca and Flix are like, darling, goodbye, and they like pick up their little pet and they're like, mm, we love you, Bitey. And Bitey's like, I want to eat his hands, and they're like, you're such a good little gorg. And the gay uncles get their bags with their robot, who I think is named Glenn, <laughs> like G-L-N-N, -N, I think its name is Glenn, if I remember correctly. Glenn, their robot, takes their bags, and they all leave to go visit Flix's mother, which is apparently this horrible tragedy, which I want to hear all about. So Kaz and BB-8 are like, all right. We're in a star store. Let's do this. It's Black Friday. We got this. No problem. And customers start coming in. And Kaz realized quickly that he has no idea how retail works. <laughs> and he's all just like, hello, I'm Kaz. Give me your money. And the person's like, okay. So he goes to a couple customers. And he's doing not great. But luckily, BB-8's really good at retail. And BB-8 was like, well, I did have a job at, like, a hot topic before I met Poe. I actually met Poe on the hot topic. And Poe was like, I'm gonna be edgy on purpose. That's a gravity ball joke. Go listen to Hope Makes Trust Watch Her Jeans for that one. Um and, and BBA was like, that's how I met Poe, and then we went to the resistance together and it was awesome. So BBA's really, really good at retail. Cat sucks. Then 
a super shitty guy comes in. His name is Taraj Key. And he's all like, Hey, you're not Orca and Flex. And Kaz is like, No, I am not. How can I help you today? And Taraj is like, Well, I'm. I heard they had this part that may or may not be in the back room. And Kaz is like, Well, I can't sell you that, but I'm going to take this data pad and tell you that I have one. Instead of just saying, I can't sell you one. Okay, bye. And Taraj is like, fine. But Bidey, Bidey knows what's up, right? And Bidey is all like, this guy is a fucking piece of shit. So Bidey bites Taraj. And Taraj is just like, ow, wounded, I'm me, I'm hurt. And Kaz is like, oh no, I'm so sorry. So Taraj is like, you know what, make up to me. I'm going to put together this really big sale with these very specific lenses that can make lasers happen and that's really important for act two and Kaz is like cool I will definitely make sure to pack those in your box so Turinaj puts in this big order and he wants Kaz to deliver it down to the salvagers area and Kaz is like this is awesome BB-8 I'm not gonna be charged for you know animal assault because you know he's paying us off with the thing and BB's like this is a horrible plan dude where are you going off to and Kaz is like, it's fine, BB, it's fine. Everyone is shady here, except for Niku, because we all know that Niku is the best boy. And BB is like, I know Niku's the best boy, but everyone else here sucks. <laughs> so Kaz is like, you watch the store, BB. I'm gonna take this big old sale down to Taraj's little storage unit. So Kaz goes all the way down to the salvagers area, and there is an empty storage locker that's like one of those like tubes that you put on trucks and stuff like that. One of those things. I, I forgot what they're called. Doesn't matter. And so Kaz goes inside of it like a dumbass, and he's just like, hello, person, this in this completely empty thing, I don't see you here. And Taraj is like, surprise, bitch! And he jumps out, he's like, I got a blaster! And Kaz is like, oh no! And Taraj is like, you're trapped! So he closes the door on Kaz, and Taraj goes over to the nice man that works at the loading deck, and he's like, I need you to destroy this for me, just drop it in the ocean, Kate, thanks. And Kaz is like, don't want to die! What did you think of Act 1? Before we go on, how was that? Yeah, nobody will ever know the difference. Cool. They'll never know. Except, except, we're, for... blabbing it, except we're blabbing about it right now. Anyway, I liked Act One. Mm-hmm. Um, if if a great uncle is a grunkle, is a gay uncle a gunkle? <laughs> a gay. A... Lots of lots of people out there with gunkles. Or a gankle. 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 A gant. A gant? I'm a gant? Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like gunkle. <laughs> Gunkles, but yeah, gunkle just, yeah, rolls off the tongue better, slightly better. <laughs> so gant. I figured out. And, and a, a gankle kind of sounds like a cankle. Yes. Yes. It's not flattering. Not that gunkle is, but. Yeah. Um, but Gunkle's kind of like just doofy and endearing. Um, I, I the, totally Orca and Flicks are the antique dealers from at the in my hometown when I was a kid. That the, there was just the one way that that um, he said my mother, <laughs> in in this one I'm like oh my god and like we used to go into their and that and they interacted in the same way. But the thing that makes me think of it as an antique shop is is like the 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 shady customers 
the customers who are like, oh, you got new meat in here. I'm going to deceive them. <laughs> and, you know, I've been waiting to steal things from here forever. You know, that's antique store customer 1000 percent. And when we get to act three, it just like they just put the icing on the cake. But that's, uh, that's also, I will say, comic book stores 1000% because you can always sure. see the people who come in. They're just like, I'm coming in with the most valuable collection you've ever seen. And I'm just like, uh-huh, what's in it? And they're like, 90s Valiant comics. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> but you could see, like, whenever I had a new person who, who was still learning, they'd just be like, wow, really? This is a number one? And I'm like, that's a 20-cent book. <laughs> don't even and then they would get all mad they're like this is you know a first print and i'm like yeah and they printed like a hundred thousand sure of them <laughs> sure they printed enough of them to stack to the moon too so <laughs> thanks yep. i'll show you a box of them in the back <laughs> oh god yeah that we can't oh give god. away we did actually learn to give them away because we would make mystery boxes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Mystery boxes and bird cages. Yep, you would have uh, um one one really good comic in there to cover the price of the box, and then everything else was shit. Yep. <laughs> that's how you make a mystery box. Yeah, and you just pray that maybe some of the people are like, oh, I like this, but you know, it's yeah. as far as value goes. Yeah. Um. I. I uh, another thing I love about this a radio playing in the background. Yes, I think I have not that. Something you see. There was a little bit of it in Rebels. We had Zeb listening to the radio, sitting out in the sun, listening to the radio. But this one, just like it's just a nice little work a day touch. You know, you can't even like I like the I just love the sound mixing of it. You can just tell it's music. You can't really. It's hard to pick up the like melody of it or anything. It's just something playing. It's 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 a cool little thing that you don't see too often. Usually, music in in Star Wars is live, in, I, usually in some way. I have that note too because that one of those real. It's one of those like real world resistance things that I really love, um, and it's kind of you know like. There, there's that joke where it's like, oh god, they can't hear us. Their ear, their AirPods are in. Um, but that's what it is. Like the dock worker couldn't hear them because his music was so loud, and he, he was just jamming out and having fun. And like that just makes that character so real. Because I mean, I've done that at work. I know people, like you know, people do that. Like the song will come on at work. I do like, that. You, yeah, and you and your coworkers are just like ah. Like you know, you I all have that moment, and I like that. It makes the show so connected to our real world, like which which is like reason a thousand and twenty three of resistance so far that this is connected to our real world very so strongly. Um, my only other note is uh, the way the gore like the there's a scene, and I I swear to God, I think they used a piece of animation over again with with um. Kaz standing next to the the counter with with Bitey on the counter and he's talking and his hands waving and Bitey's watching his hand. I swear they use the same piece of animation twice in two different different scenes to just that, like save that, save space and just put his put his voice in both of them because Bitey but Bitey is like a classic piece of like Disney cute animal animation. The you know the scene where Kaz is talking 
and he's just gesturing with his hands. But if you're watching Bitey, Bitey's just off to the side, like what just keyed in on his hand and, you know, making a little, little gestures and responses to every noise and every movement and stuff. It's very Disney. Mm-hmm. You might not be wrong about that because I actually have a note about that. Um, because Bitey has actually been here since the first episode. Because right. in the very first episode, uh, Kaz was buying lunch for Orca and Flix, and he bought them Bitey, and they ended up keeping him. Um, and so that might be a piece from the first episode, but I don't remember if it is reused. No, I mean, I mean they reused it in this episode. Oh. It, it, it was a, a shot that was the same of Kaz. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was in two different parts in the scene, but the way, but what gave it away was just the way Bitey was moving. Because the first time I really noticed it, and I was like, "Oh, the movements are really neat, and the the you know the way he's acting is really funny." And then it was like, "Oh, it looked like they just used the same piece over again and just dubbed a different piece of dialogue over it," which hmm. totally would be a time saver. Yeah. Um. But I I love Heidi. I think he's so cute. Um, for That's my note, I, got. I gosh, I I love Orphan Flix. They they I think they are my favorite characters of the show. And because I've been thinking about it for a while, like who is my favorite character of Resistance? Because I love everybody in this show. Even like even the like the people like I love to hate. Like we were talking about this like um the other week with Brad and Sarah. Like. I give Jace Rucklin a lot of shit, but I love to hate that character because I think he's a really interesting character. Um, and there are no bad characters on this show, and it's such a good ensemble show, but I think Orkin Flix just might be my favorite. They are just so unique. They just chew every scene they're in. They just fill the room. Like, they're just so interesting. And Bobby Moynihan and Jim Rash just play the shit out of them, especially Jim Rash. Like... And, and I think what gets me about Flix, because I, I, as much as I love Orca, I think it's because Flix is a new character and a new species that he's extra interesting because we've never seen him before in Star Wars. And he was the first. And he's part Gungan. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, somewhere back there. Um, But, like... I find Orca really interesting, especially in his movements. Like, there's a moment, like, in Act 3, and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, um, when they get back and the shop's destroyed and Orca's like, Flix is going to kick you into next week. And you just see Orca, or I'm sorry, you see Flix in a single stride step over his desk to be, like, right there taller than Kaz. And it's such a fluid moment of animation. Well, if you've ever seen a crane or a stork, that's how they move. He's They they totally are taking, like, crane and stork movements, which is hilarious because he's, like, an owl on on crane legs. It's it's great. Yeah, and it's such a, like, a fluid moment of animation. And I watched it a couple times because I just, I love that scene of watching him just, like, in a single stride stop over his desk to be, like, right there in Kaz's face. And they're just such interesting characters. And they're so... They play on stereotypes, but not terribly. So, like, you had that mother line, right? And that mother line kills me because it's such a line that's in all media. 
where like someone is just like, oh, my mother, <laughs> you know, like that's such a stereotypical line that I don't think we've quite had in this way before in Star Wars. Am I misremembering that? Have we had another line of Star Wars of just like, oh, my mother? No, no, because nobody talks about their families really like in that. <laughs> in that in, are... in, everybody's involved in a big drama. So it's more like I have to save my mother. It's not like just day to day, you know, um, talking about your oh my mother yeah <laughs> she packed two you know um now i'm i can't remember the name of them uh, my rams too many chardonnays at the at the bingo club last what were, week what were mother. the what were the melons in in rebels melorons oh or? oh may runs melu runs yeah she packed three melu runs well i'm not gonna eat three melu runs my yeah. mother. There's also the fact that most mothers are dead in Star Wars. Yeah, right. Resistance is one. Resistance is the winning show because none of the moms die. <laughs> yeah, resistance. You keep all your moms alive. But yeah, like so. So to me, like I, I think Orkin folks are my favorite characters because, especially Flix. I I love Flix. Like I love that character. I love everything about him. And he's just, they're just fascinating to me. And I'm not even, like, they could, even if they weren't queer, and, you know, I'm a little bit biased towards them because of that, but, like, they're just fascinating every time they're on the screen. And I love them. I love them so much. And their relationship is just so good. And, yeah, I love them. <laughs> I could talk like about them. Like, in the 80s, they, they could make a, they made a whole sitcom that ran for years about just a puppet that looked like, you know, a puppet alien, the elf, you know, mm -hmm. ran for years. Very popular. So it's two aliens that look like Orca and Flix. Are you kidding me? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. It's a uh, sitcom gold. Mm. Just saying, Disney. Just saying. I want it. I want it. Uh, hold on one sec before I go on my note. No, I need to blow my nose. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, it's just yellow. Oh, it's pollen. <coughs> I have you ever had like that kind of like sinus thing going on where like you're sitting up and then you like lay on your back and you just feel it all go down your throat. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I was at that point today and I was just like, Ugh, when I was trying to take it out. It did. Hope's gross adventures of allergies. <coughs> Um, so I, I wanted to touch a little bit, like, in that opening scene with, like, um, Tam and the fireball and stuff like that. I like that, A, Tam's aware of just, like, you know, Kaz keeps taking out my ship and it keeps coming out broken. But I also like that Kaz is aware that he's doing it. So he's taking the steps to make sure that Tam, you yeah. know, isn't, for one, suspicious because he's a spy, but he's also kind enough to, like, know that him taking out the fireball is affecting Tam, so he's trying to at least fix it. And he's I fit like in that. now. He's, yeah. he's, he's fit into it so that, like, instead of just thinking of it as a thing he has to do, it's a thing he's doing for his, you know, friends and family, space family, who he's had adventures with now. So, you know, it's, ta th th that's, I think basically the whole thing I took from from Kaz in this episode was that he's just like 
he's 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 whether he knows it or not he's he's in now you know he's actually a functional he's not just a spy there trying to appear you know sitting there like holding a wrench and just sort of moving it around looking like he's working he's actually living the day-to-day life because he's there it's his life now you know yeah um but but it, there is that moment because it would be so and it's it's kind of like a plot thing. I'm glad they addressed it too, of you know, <laughs> like 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 Kaz took it out with Poe and the ship you know went through all this shit and stuff like that. I was always thinking like, you know, Tam's gonna notice when the ship comes back and like things are fixed on it because Poe's people fixed it. So I'm glad that they're trying to like at least work into the plot a little bit that like. Kaz is aware that he needs to be fixing the ship himself to kind of add to his cover story, but he's also learning. Like, his skills as a mechanic are learning, and they're not perfect. They're clearly not perfect. But he does do that, like, those nice things for Tam, which is which is really nice in their friendship because everything goes to hell in the season one finale, but we're not there yet for Hope to Cry Over, so... And finally, I just want to say, Kaz, I feel you on your retail adventures. I worked retail for 15 years. <laughs> so watching that scene of like the customers coming in and I was like oh I've been there you know my first day my very first day working retail and I just remember I'm just like I'm happy and eager and people are just like I don't give a fuck give my shit and I was like okay <laughs> and then I learned how to be a tough bitch because I am the manager <laughs> um and I do have to give tiny props to Cask for starting to recognize that everyone on the Colossus is shady Duh. Except for Niku, he's the best. Niku is the only not shady person. That we know of so far. But no, nah, well, well, there's the kids and the turtles. The kids and the, I don't picture the t- kids and the turtles are are as as being shady in any way. They're almost <laughs> actually they're actually almost an elevated level of purity. Though I, I do have to give a little shout out to um the Sky Talkers because they had this like it, and it wasn't a serious, it was a joke thing, but they had this joke theory that, like, Niku was the first Order spy because he was just so pure, but he would just drop these, like, random one-liners of just, like, yeah, I've hung out with bounty hunters before, I know what they look like, <laughs> like, he would just drop these, so, yeah, and it was, like, the Darth Jar Jar theory for Niku, and... I'm just glad we get to use the music again, so keep an eye out for some Darth Niku stuff in here. So. Darth Niku. But- so we can play the music every once in a while. I like playing that music. Ah, listen to it. It's just a great background. Bebo a vibrant, was a vibrant background for a podcast. Bebo was secretly his his dark chariot ride, but he moved too soon, so he descended back. Yeah, Bebo was Bebo was just a a failed clone for his master. All right, but that's all I have for Echo. Did you have anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Act two. So, like, Kaz is stuck in a box, about to be dropped in the ocean, and he's like just freaking out because he's just like, I don't know how to get out of here, and I'm about to die, and this is not good. So he tries to call into BB-8, and BB-8's just like. All right, well, I guess I'll come bail you out. But just as BB-8 is about to leave Orca and Flix's shop, 
Tarashk breaks into the shop because he wants to steal a phase connector. And BB is like, oh shit, and kind of backs up and he's watching Taraj and he's like, I know Kaz is about to die, but I should probably stop this guy. So BB-8, because we know that droids, droids are the greatest heroes of Star Wars. R2-D2 is the greatest hero, BB-8 is getting up there, Chopper is a murderous asshole, he does not count. But now, droids are 99.9% the heroes of Star Wars. And BB-8's like, my time's come! So he pulls out all his like little shocky things, and he's all like, pew 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 pew! And Taraj is like, ah shit, it's a roly droid! And BB-8 puts up a hell of a fight, like he's swinging off shit, he's slapping Taraj off the face, you know, he's all just like, keep my striking hand strong! Uh, uh, and Taraj is like, ah no! But, Taraj gets the upper hand because he throws BB back and throws a shelf over him to pin him down and he puts a box in front of him and pins BB-8 under his shelf. And Taraj is like, that's what you get, bitch. And BB-8's like, fuck you! I'm stuck! And so Taraj takes the face connector and he's rolling out. During all this, Cass is like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I guess I have to be super resourceful. So he starts going through all the stuff and he stops and he's like, wait. Taraj told me to pull very important plot things. And he takes out this like little lens and he's like, oh yeah, the laser lens. So he gets a blowtorch. I don't know how this works. Not a blowtorch. It's like a laser torch. I don't know. It's Star Wars. What the fuck ever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so he uses the lens and this like little laser and he cuts his way out of the storage container all by himself because he's super resourceful now. And in a hilarious thing, he jumps out to his safety right before the container plunges to his death. And he's hanging on there. And the guy that we were talking about who was like bouncing out to his music and he was having a really good time because his AirPods were in. The guy's like, what are you doing up there? Kaz is like, what the hell are you doing down there? And he's like, I'm working here. And Kaz is like, I'm working here. Walk on. I'm working here. But please lower me down. I'm very high up. Can you lower me down, please? Thank you. So he gets off the thing. He's like, all right. Gotta go find the bad guy. So Kaz runs outside. And conveniently, the bad guy just happens to be walking by. And Kaz is like, well, it's better be lucky than good any day, guys. So he goes after Chiraj. And he, like, follows him out to, like, the main, like, loading dock area. And there's this, like, big ship of, like, shipping containers and stuff. And Taraj is going on it. And Kaz is like, all right, here's the plan. I'm going to get on that ship. I'm going to try not to get pooped on by a seagull. Because there's a seagull right there. Screw you, seagull. We're going to go after that guy. And I'm going to get that face connector back. So Orca and Flix adopt me. And then I have really good parents. And then I have three parents. Because then I have Yeager and Orca and Flix. Because my dad sucks. So fuck you, rich dad. I'm a spy now. And Cass goes running into the ship. Like, I'm going to get it back. So he sneaks onto the ship, right? And Taraj is all like, I got the phase connector. And Kaz backs up. He's like, who is he talking to? And then out of nowhere, first order stormtroopers come out of the shadows. Bum, bum, bum. And Kaz is like, oh, shit. So they look over the phase connector and they walk off and leave it by itself. So Kaz is like, okay, this is my chance to get it. And he sneaks over to the phase connector. And then when he gets there, underneath it, he hears a little sound of like, Hey! Hey, I'm gonna eat you! Hey! Kaz looks down, and Bitey has stowed away on the face connector, and he's crawling out like, Hey, friend! Can I eat your fingers? 
and Kaz is like, oh no, you're here. So he grabs Spidey because he hears the people coming back and the people are like, it's time to fly away. And the First Order's like, cheerio, let's go. And so they close all the doors, trapping Kaz and Spidey as the ship is starting to take off and head off across the ocean to places unknown. And Kaz is stuck with the Gorg and he's like, oh shit. What'd you think of Act 2? Did BB-8 taste that guy's balls? Probably. It's BB-8. I wasn't paying attention too closely. And he is an uh, like an alien species. Maybe his balls aren't there. Well, it looked like he was going for him anyway. I mean, he's only so high. Here's so, my big question, the ru- story-ruining question. Okay. Why not call the police bots? The guy's stealing from... <sighs> From the from the you know from a store there. That's what the police spots are for. That's why you got police spots there. It's not like Kaz has anything to hide in the whole transaction. It's all it's all above board. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Call the cops. Deal. Uh, I you know. Uh, I mean, I was gonna I say. I mean, you're not uh, wrong. I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, you're obviously, obviously, I was gonna say obviously there's a, a first order connection, but he doesn't find that out anyway till he just goes down there him himself you know i would have been as soon as i as soon as i was out of that ship i would have been like space cops at at some point i mean and even then like kaz is like hiding from them like he like sees the space cop and he just kind of like ducks away and i'm like yeah you're not wrong chris i don't know maybe they still have a warrant out for when he was uh inspiring people to riot to panic oh yeah in the vivo episode yeah Maybe 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 it does tie in. But that's I, all I, I really had for part two. There wasn't a lot to like comment on. It's all it was all action, you know. Yeah, um, I only really have two lines, uh, two notes myself, and they're both small. Um, Taraj has a great laugh, and he has a laugh, and, and I particularly noticed it when he trapped BB-8. But he has one of those like very wheezy laughs because he yes. has that he has that moment where he's just like <sighs> I noticed that. That's how I laugh. <laughs> but it's that, that's exactly what it is. And yeah, it's that kind of like very like like breathy laugh. And I it kinda of reminded me um of oh, Obi Wan's friend in the diner. What's his name? Dexar? Yes. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of of him, but we don't normally hear laughs like that. So I just I thought that was a really great piece of voice. There's acting. a lot of well, like he's a working like the the lady who came in for oil. She had a she had a uh, like Paul Mall's voice, you know. Hey, honey, where's that? Where's my oil? And yeah. he had he has that like probably I've been sucking mine fumes my whole life. So I just you know he's got a gruff, you know he's but you know. There don't seem to be a lot of space smokers in Star Wars. Smoking doesn't seem to be a, thi- a, a thing. Every once in a while, you'll see someone with a hookah or something, but there's not people smoking s- cigarettes around. So I, I'm f- I'm thinking he's more of just like an exhaust <laughs> fumes. And I just I just thought of Zoolander where where Derek was just like I have black lung pop. <laughs> Oh, man, I haven't seen Zoolander in forever. Um, and the only other note I really have is it, it just shows Kaz just growing as a character how resourceful he was to get out of that crate. 
um, you know, he does his normal, like, little panic thing of just, like, oh, my God, BB-8, come help me. And then he's, like, BB-8's not coming. And he's, like, I have to figure this out on my own. And watching him go through that process, he it's, it's just really cool how every episode he just learns more and more and more. And he's just progressing. And it's just it's just really well done. I, I really enjoy watching him just growing as a character every episode. And he gets a little bit more. You know, it's a, it's a little bit more at a time. And he just gets better every week. And I, I love him. He's so cool. Agreed. But that's all I have. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, just as I say every week, it looks beautiful. It's, once again, it's not nothing spectacular happening but it's just like it makes you want to hang out there it's just really cool you know and and a lot of the lighting stuff is so subtle too like when the dude is about to drop the shipping container like the floor opens up and there's just a very subtle light change of light coming off the ocean and hitting the bottom side of the cleat and it's such a subtle light change it's not like the entire place lights up and it's just it's just gorgeous um Creature designs are always great. I love I love the seagulls. <laughs> they kind of look like seagull yes. pelicans with like mutant eyes. I love them so much. But are you ready for Act Three? I'm ready. <clears throat> Let's Act. wrap this gorg up. <gasps> gorgs! I actually actually they apparently they sell stuffed gorgs at Galaxy's Edge, and I really want one. I really want a bitey so I can just hold it and love it and keep it and be just be like, hey. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, act three. So, Kaz and Bitey are stuck on a ship that has first order troopers that has a phase connector that was stolen from Orca and Flix. And he's all like, I gotta get off this ship. And of course, his great conclusion, because the ship is flying away from the Colossus, is, I just gotta, I gotta destroy it. I just gotta bring the whole thing down. So he goes over to like this like wall box thing that apparently is connected to the entire ship. <laughs> but there's like one like power box. He's just like, all right, I need a way to cut these. And then he gets the best idea ever. And he looks over at Bitey, who's been eating his fingers the entire time. And he's like, hey, Bitey. And he holds up his hand. He's like, Look at these beautiful hand sausages. And Bitey's like, oh, I'm going to eat it. And Bitey jumps at Kaz and he jumps out of the way. And Bitey gets into the wiring. And Bitey is like, oh, these wires are so much more delicious. And he just starts eating the wires. And Kaz hides because apparently this one power box is connected to everything in the ship. So when Taraj and the First Order comes back, all I see is this random gorg eating their ship wires and there explodes and the ship starts to go down so everyone's panicking because the ship's crashing into the ocean and uh kaz grabs bitey but as boxes are falling over and things are flying everywhere he loses bitey in the mayhem and he's all like no bitey and he gets separated and trapped and he can't find them so kaz has no choice but to leave and he runs to an escape pod which are really cool cool designs i really like those escape pods i think they're really nifty um i don't have that in my notes i'm just pointing them out that i think they're really cool designs so Kaz jumps in a, a escape pot and he's flying away and he looks in the rearview mirror and the ship's going down and it's destroyed and Kaz, being the precious boy he is, takes a deep breath and he's like, Bitey, you lost your life for the resistance. 
I'm not going to tell Orkin Flicks. I'm going to go to the market and find another purple gorg and buy it so they never know that I killed you in this process. Thank you for your sacrifice. But luckily, because this is not the show for animal cruelty, we'll get to that in Avatar The Last Airbender over on Home Makes Chris Watch Cartoons when we get there. <laughs> Mighty is stuck to the window, and he's alright, which doesn't make sense. And, and Kaz is just like, Mighty, you dumb little asshole! It makes sense, no sense how you got here, but I'm fine with that. Welcome back, friend. And Bitey's like, I'm a-okay. So they fly back, and in the middle of all this, as the ship's going down, Taraj and the First Order guys also get into escape pods, and they're flying away. And Taraj has to call into old Goldie himself, Commander Pyre. And Commander Pyre's like, hey, what's up, bro? I'm Commander Pyre! And Taraj is like, I'm sorry, everything blew up. And Pyre's like, well... You're dead to me, literally. See you back here so I can kill you. Goodbye. And he clicks off. Well, Kaz gets back to the shop and he walks in with Bitey and the entire store is just wrecked. And Kaz is like, oh no. And he sees BB-8 and he rescues him from under the shelves. And he's like, oh my God, BB-8, Orkin Flicks are gonna kill us. And right at that moment, Orkin Flicks kicking the door and they're just like, hello. Hello, we're back! Mother was horrible. What the hell happened to our shop? I'm going to kick you into next week, and then there's a beautiful piece of animation with footsteps over the desk in the street. And Kaz explains that there's this guy named Taraj, and he stole the shit, and Orca and Flicks are just like, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's been trying to steal from us for years. I guess we should have been better managers and warned you about that, but <laughs> whatever. And Kaz asks them, hey, what is a phase connector? That was the thing that he stole that I had to destroy. You know, your merchandise. I had to destroy your merchandise. I'm so sorry. And they explain that a phase connector is used to crack open huge asteroids for mining. And I don't know, maybe if you got enough of them together and, like, put them in a planet or something, they could, like, blow up other planets in, like, oh, three months in The Force Awakens that, you know, nobody knows about. And... And Kaz is like, oh, well, that's very useful information. Thank you so much. So he's like, well, I'm sorry for the mess and everything, but I'm just going to go on my way. And Orca and Flix is like, that's cute. We'll see you in the morning. You're going to pay us not only for the face connector, but anything damaged here. Bye, honey. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks for taking care of our Gorg. And Kaz is like, oh, I hate clopening. The end. <laughs> opening is the worst. I always hated that when I was working retail. I love their reaction of just like, oh, we lost our piece. Oh, but you took his whole ship down because he stole it. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's that's an antique dealer thing. Just like, oh, really? They were as much concerned with their property as much as screw that guy. So I love that aspect of it. But my only other note is, I don't think uh, Kaz really cares a lot about Bitey. I think he, I uh, think, he, I think he, 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 you know, he he shows concern for old Bitey, but that's because it's his employer's pets, and he'll get in trouble. Pet, and you know, you feel some basic sympathy for him. But there's just like just the moment when it's like. 
Oh, bitey. Bitey can bite the electrical system. I'm sorry, man. That's a huge ship. If I've worked, like, I, all I remember is working with my dad in this huge lodge in the Adirondack just a lodge building you know with a it has a it had a kitchen for banquets and it. it had a movie theater f- from the from the 40s so basically it had this huge you know electrical <laughs> wire coming in you know to to supply the whole thing and if you touched it you're dead <laughs> and having I mean- bitey just bite through the main wires I don't think I don't think Kaz knew that Bitey was like somebody who doesn't really care about electricity too obviously or whatever kind of whatever kind of space power that is um white white electrical looking power um and just just that that one panel is is responsible for that whole ship is a design flaw but like he's just like oh you know he i think you know at some level subconsciously he was like well maybe but you know Maybe Bitey will just have to make the ultimate sacrifice. And then, you know, he wanted got, wanted to get him back to the ship, but he was still alive. But, like, when at the end he was like, oh, Bitey didn't make it. Poor Bitey. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess Bitey didn't make it. Bitey, oh, you're here. Well, I'm not getting in trouble, uh, you know. But uh, I think otherwise, that's, that's what... all I got to really say about that. I was thinking about that a little bit, too, because there's that... I, I did mention it, but, like, in Act 2 somewhere, there's that scene where BB-8's by himself in the shop, and Bitey's kind of chasing him around. And, like, BB-8 shocks the hell out of Bitey and, like, sends him running off. And I think that scene was on purpose. I think it was, too, a little bit. So they bit. could show that Bitey could take an electric jolt and not die. <laughs> yeah, but a, but, a, but a BB-8... Like, BB-8's electric jolts are like, yikes! You know, they don't... Yeah. He doesn't knock people out out with his his electric jolt and uh and that was a whole sh- a giant mining ship but I, I love that actually that scene because like buddy's just eating it and he just has like electricity coursing to his, through his body and he looks perfectly fine like he looks back at taraj and like there's electricity going through his teeth and he just kind of smiles and keeps chewing and i was like buddy's a fucking tiny monster yeah <laughs> like yeah. he could take electricity like a beast <laughs> yeah I actually, that's, that's actually one of my notes. Like, I actually really like Bitey. I think he's a cute little character. And then I started thinking, we don't have a lot of pets in Star Wars because it's wars. We don't want to lose oh, our pets. The, the, um, droids serve as pets. Droids serve the role, you know. That's where droids get that, like, they pat really... Them on the, they pat them on the heads. They're their best friends. You know, they talk to them and... But moving away from that we're starting to move away from that and that's where it's kind of getting like this like weird kind of area because l3 was a huge step forward and like because we started basically living when we're just visiting into the star wars universe you can just sort of slough it all off and not think about it but like if you're going to be doing if you're going to be doing whole tv series and more movies and all sorts of stuff set in the star wars universe eventually it's going to come up it's just got to come up you know of Mm -hmm. what's but i think still you know i mean bb-8 is still like you know man's best friend type role you know and i think and i think since all the since the robot stuff came up that's why they put in that stupid goddamn jj abrams robot that i refuse to even learn its name the little sad robot I hate Happy. that thing. I think, yeah, they, 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 
simplified it even more to make an even more pet-like robot. You know, he's an o- o- yeah. older model or but something. Even then, but even then, like, BB-8 has opinions. Like, he's told Cat to his face. He's like, yeah, I prefer Poe over you. <laughs> yeah, but so would your dog sidekick in a movie, in a good movie anyway. You know, just... You to know, go back it, to my original point, though, like, we don't see a lot of pets just in general. They're like animal no. pets. I'm talking animals. No, and, you usually see them in a basket in a marketplace or something. Yeah. Jabba had pets. He did. Oh. And some pirates have had pets. I, see, I go back and forth about the Kowakians because the monkey lizards seem to at least have a level of sentience to them. Yeah, but so would a monkey. So does a monkey. But like, I mean, like more than like a normal like our planet. Monkey. Yeah, but it's star it's Star Wars too. You know, they're all yeah. Muppets, so they yeah, so they got a human arm in them up their butt. So yeah, you know. But you know, looking at Bitey and how he's acting and stuff like that, like it'd be cool to start seeing more pets in Star Wars. And I know that there is one, and she's a very good girl. Um, in the High Republic books, there's a charhound named Ember, and Ember is a very good girl, and she's just a dog that lives with a group of Jedi, and she breathes fire, and she likes belly rubs, and Ember is a very good girl. Um, but I, I was trying to think more, and there's just not pets in Star Wars, and so I think that'd just be a really cool thing to start seeing more of. Just you don't you don't see pets in war stories. <laughs> that much you know it's that's yeah. the thing is that you're they're all war stories and now we're we're in a settled place so now we can see pets yeah yeah um and i just had to note because it's so funny so Cass comes back to acquisitions and he's just like oh my god everything is wrecked everything is messy and he turns around and looks at bitey and bitey just looks at him and like a cat just pushes a thing off a desk and i just laugh because it's just such a cat thing to do yeah. i watch and it just made me laugh so much. Um, I wanted to note the little bit of world building of the First Order wanting to crack open big rocks in space, you know? Like, that's yeah. not important in future movies and stuff. And, again, this show is not made to be world building, but it does a good job kind of filling in those gaps. Um, and well, you would have, you would have, I mean, the thing is, the, the, the enterprises the First Order are taking upon, you would have it you know little hints of it turning up and that's the thing is they're turning up their they're getting ready to do their big thing so like out on the edges of the galaxy you know they're keeping it on the down low but you can only keep it so much on the down low so we're seeing on the edges of the galaxy people are starting to figure it out you know Mm -hmm. and uh and you know their their rebel spies are picking up um you know, resistance spies are picking up intel on it and picking up little clues that they don't understand yet. It was just like the end of uh, of uh, Clone Wars with uh, with Anakin seeing like pictures of the Death Star with what's his name there, another guy with a with a nickname, the Bug. I have no idea what you're talking about. Remember that 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 they they found the baby Bug and. They were down in the the bug caverns. Oh, you're. Oh no, this is rebels. That's rebels. rebels. Yes, that, that's rebels. rebels with Saul Guerrero and Ezra and all of them and and yes, that is click clack. Click clack. I was like, I was like, when did Anakin do that? He, he, did, he didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. It was Ezra and click clack, and they were with Saul Guerrero. 
Yep, but just it's the same sort of thing, you know. The they they were getting the getting the first little peeps of it, but they don't know what they don't either don't know that they're getting intel or they don't know what to what it means yet. But it's start, yeah. you know, shape. It's start, they're starting to take shape. Yeah. Um. And the only other note is I wrote again. I love Jim Rash and Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> they just they act the and I and I and I will say maybe I'm a little bit biased because. They're both also in another show I love. They're both in DuckTales. And the, that show just ended, and I loved them. Like, because Bobby Moynihan was Louie, and Jim Rash played Gyro. And they both played those roles so well. Actually, actually, to be honest, like, Flix and Gyro are very similar, except for one's a mad scientist and one's an antique salesman. And, you know, they're not that different. But, like, I just, I love them. I love their work. They, they just bring so much life to Orca and Flicks, and I just, I love their performances. Um, Bobby Roynerhan has crazy range. Like, having watched him in multiple things, like, his range is crazy, and it's impressive, and I adore him. But I just, I love, I love Orca and Flicks, and I love Jim Rash and Bobby Moynihan working together. I love it so much, so... But that's all I have for this episode. Um, it's Kaz's best spy episode to me. Like, he's just growing and learning and getting better every episode. But that's all I have. Did you have anything else? No, that's all I got. All right. We'll Not a lot right of up. notes on this one. Yeah, because, you know, you, you said Act 2. It's very action-oriented. It's not like there's, like, deep character work going on. Oh, here comes my little bitey. Just came storming into my room. Oh, Miss Bernice! Hop up here. Maybe she'll maybe she'll make a mar- hop up on my lap and make a Marge Simpson if she wants to. There she is. I heard her. That's probably the only one I'll get out of her. I gotta turn her the other way. She gets up on my lap when she's in heat, and she usually doesn't get scratchy or, or play or angry when she's in heat. But if she sits pointing in one direction, the the way she jumps in my lap, if I let her sit down pointing in that direction, she sees my finger on my mouse and like Bitey will stare at my finger as I'm using my mouse and I won't, I'll forget about it. And then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, and she'll attack my hand. So I have to, when she gets up in my lap, I've got to just sort of sit her and point her in the other direction and then she's fine. It's just hard to be a tiny young lady in heat. She has trouble, Chris. It's hard. She is a tiny little cat, too. I forget Mm. about it because, you know, I don't have anything to compare to. Then I'll go pet the neighbor's cat and be like, oh, look at you. You're a monster. (laughs) But that's good because she eats less and poops less, too. Oh, my God. She doesn't shed a lot. As someone who cleans out Zeb's litter box... He poops like a small dog. Like they're yeah. turds. They're big. Um, you, go, you could go, you could go de- on go on YouTube after we're done and look up. I'll just find you the link. But for all the listeners out there, when you have a cat like that, look up the the um. It's a clip from the cartoon The Ripping Friends, and just look up Ripping Friends pungent puss. And uh, there's a cartoon about a, an obnoxious cat that poops like crazy. That is one of the most hilarious things you'll ever see. Hmm. And that might be your Zeb. <laughs> I, 
You know, you can definitely tell because, like, you'll see, like, because our other two cats, they have these, like, dainty little poops, and, like, Zebs is just like, a turd! <laughs> anyway, what did you think of the episode, Chris? Uh, Scored up for me. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was, uh, it was fun, visually great. More organ flicks. I love the whole, the whole thing. Um, I'm giving it an eight because it's not like a, a barnstormer, but it's just solid, solid um story yes i mean that's pretty much me too um it's a fun episode i love or conflicts i honestly could watch an entire series of just them i love them so much i think bitey is a cute little character kaz has really good character growth there's some world building going on for the sequel trilogy and it's it, like again it's a solid episode i also gave it an eight out of ten because it's just really solid Ooh, we're we're uh we're lined up on our score in that rare I think I've only had one episode below a, uh, an eight, and that might have been the triple dark. Um, because I mean, honestly, that's one of my least favorite episodes. So I mean, I'm just so yeah. But even then, I think that was like a seven point five. Like I don't, I don't think I've dipped below a seven yet. So. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our episodes. We're now in the resistance feedback. The Recruit and the Triple Dark. The first one from Diego is from The Recruit. The second one from Jane is from The Triple Dark. So. All right. Okay, Diego Lewis says, are you guys going to review the Resistance's shorts, too? Yes. Were there shorts? I did not there, know that there were shorts. There are shorts. And the because re- I answered Diego on the Facebook page, but I wanted to go ahead and talk about this um, here on the show. There are shorts. Um, oh, Star Wars Resistance. Um, there, I think there's 10 of them. Um, and what I was thinking was, ah, oh, there's the short list, shorts. There, there's 12, I'm sorry, there's 12 of them. Um, and so I was thinking we could cover them between season one and season two. Um, they're not very deep. They're kind of like, like, like maybe two to three minutes long each. So when you put all 12 together, it's kind of like a little bit longer than a normal episode. Um, so I figured we would just cover them in an episode between season one and season two, and they all take place during season one. So yeah, they're fun. Yeah, so they're fun. All, yeah, so we'll we'll do it sort of. It'll be sort of like um, what happened with Gravity Falls. Yeah, I mean, over on Hope Mistress Watch Cartoons, you should check out our show. That's our other show. Yes, um, and and they're just kind of like that too. Like there's one um, like Buggles Day Out. It's about Buggles running around the market. Like they're <laughs> nothing too deep. It's fine. Um, so yeah, to, so yes, to answer your question, Diego, we're gonna an- do the shorts between season one, and season two. So. All right, the next one comes from Gene Hendricks, who is now aware that I'm doing a voice for him and writing in that style. Thank you, Gene. This is Gene, Gene, the MC machine, (laughs) saying that my cat's freaking out, saying that you are very (laughs) welcome for the new Resistance intros. Guys, I'm glad Chris first asked me to do it. Lo, those many space moons ago. I mean, where else do I get to be that over the top? Well, except for public domain comics theater, that is. And that's it. You're welcome, Gene. Thank you. 
thank you, Jane. Like, really, like, thank you for the new intro. It's really great and so much fun. Thank you so much, Jane, for for doing it as well. So, candy time. Candy's getting low. There's only really two candies because we we did the Lily O'Brien dark chocolate Himalayan salted bar before. Oh, I forgot. Now that we have. I eat that now. And I wanted, you know, I wanted, I wanted candy earlier today, and I forget that we ate the Lily O'Brien. Which one do you want to do? We got the Uper Albany and the Uper Sicotacali. Sicolatali? Sicolatali. I was saying, or, 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 oh no, that is a, uh, yeah. Anyway, if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. So our friend Dario, who is also Chris's co-podcaster for Eat It and Beat It podcast, you can check that out over at TwoTrueFreaks.com. Um, he sent this candy from all over the world to review because Dario is a fantastic person and we love him so much. And these two come from Turkey. Do you these want to do Turkish. the Turkish? So the one al- looks like it's Turkish Kit Kat. One looks like it's more Turkish Twix. Which would you rather? The Albany looks like Twix and the... Sicolatari looks. Honestly, I'm good with either. Alright. Let's do the Twix. Well, Let's I was about to say, I'm gonna, close my eyes. I'm gonna close my eyes and move them around my hand. Alright. Left or right hand, Chris? Right hand. All right right hand, Twix. Hope. The Twix. Alright. <coughs> Uter Albany. Alright. It's a, it's like a double oh, it wide twix. So good, it smells so good. I love the smell of of non-American chocolate. <laughs> okay, it's like they took a twix, added a flavor of coconut to it, and then like made it half as dense. It's almost like a twix, but instead of a wafer, it's a shortbread. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like a light. Twix. It's like biting through a marshmallowy Twix. Oh my god, it really is like shortbread. It's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. It's not sweet, like really sweet at all. I mean, it has yeah. sugar and the chocolate and the caramel, but... It's a lot of coconut in there, too. I can't taste the coconut. Uh. Mm. Oh, I totally taste coconut. Mm. Mm. It's delicious. Maybe it's because I'm all like um, sinusy <laughs> and I can't smell, so maybe I'm missing those like coconut flavors. Um, but this is really good. It's just—it's honestly, I'm mostly surprised that it's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I like them better when they're not super sweet. Same here. I don't like super sweet things. All right, like this is like the perfect amount of sweet for me. Um. So I'm, I'm absolutely down for this. And also, thank you so much, Dario. We love you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much. Mm. 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 Nummy, num, num. And now, now the input from Miss Bernice. Mm. <laughs> she, she just went, mm, too. <laughs> Did you like poker? I got her. I'm I'm actually holding her head right. I'm rubbing her belly now, <laughs> which is so only can do when she's in this malleable state. But yeah, that that was about all the noise I'm getting out of her. That's <laughs> a good thing about her being in heat is she isn't a yowler, which is good. 
Because once know, they once they start vocalizing in heat, it's awful. You'll never get any sleep. They're gonna stand outside your room and just go. Nyaw. I know. We, we did that one time with one lady cat and never again. So um, now you can edit that to where I could be like, and Miss Bernice and just have her go, meh. <laughs> meh. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I have for dangerous business, Chris. So where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our podcast website. And oh my God, we still got the uh, characters who regularly say fuck pictures at the bottom of our notes i, just, I couldn't take it out sarah put it, in, <laughs> sarah put it in there for us and i just i couldn't take it it's out like graffiti so. on the wall yeah i like it there i like yeah, it it's just it's, it's just gonna live there um maybe, maybe that'll be a cute thing because i always copy and paste notes um from week to week to week and that's why certain things just always stay there um it'd be just funny if our guests just leave just leave us notes yeah at the yeah it's like bands leaving their their signatures in the in the band room in the back i like it anyway you can find me at twotruefreaks.com that's our podcast website you can sign up for our SS, ss feed there and uh we got tons and tons and tons of interesting and scintillating podcasts there um if you um want to interact with us you can go to facebook and we have the two true freaks podcast page on facebook where we post all the episodes up all our podcasters go there to put their episodes up and then we got the two true freaks cantina where people go to just just talk about whatever you know a lot of king kong talk this week because that came out and we are also on twitter and twitter is as you heard in the um in our in our um in our intro and in our uh, letters is run by that fine human being gene hendrix so put some reverb since he's the mc machine put some reverb on my voice okay dun, 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 dun. Gene, the mc machine yeah, i'll put the old karaoke reverb on your voice thank you thank you very much and uh, that's where you can find me where can they find you hope you can find us at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molex. I also have my website, geekygirlexperience.com, where I write all sorts of reviews. And I've written a lot about Resistance because I just love the show so much. I've, I've done a lot of writing on Resistance. Also, as I mentioned a few times in this show, Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We are currently recording the finale of Gravity Falls. And we are one part into it. So Chris is in the end game now. Um, and after that, we're going to be doing Avatar The Last Airbender, so we're very excited about that. And you can find that on Twitter by its initials. So it's called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, and the Twitter is HMCWCPod on Twitter. I am, I actually, I think next week is, oh, we're starting to get into, like, my favorite episodes of the show, to be honest. Um... Yeah, yeah, I really, the, yeah, we're starting to get, like, the, the last half of season one to me is my favorite chunk of Resistance. This is where I feel like the show, like, really sang. And so we're starting to get into that starting next week, and I, I'm, I'm really excited about, about getting into it, so. And we may or may not have some guests coming up in a couple weeks. I'm waiting to hear back from somebody that we've had on the show before. Yes, familiar guests. And familiar guests, and I'm really excited about them, and I hope they both can make it. Hint, hint. Um, so I, I'm really excited about this. So, All right, guys. 
Yoda's excited too, I'm sure. Yoda, if 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 the second guest can make it, Yoda's gonna be so excited to see her again. Yeah, but we gotta yeah. find Yoda. I'm kind of nervous that 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 other guy earlier has done. Something I know he's gonna be on a milk carton soon enough. I know, like I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> Chris, you should edit like a milk carton with Yoda's face on it in the in the show notes art, <laughs> and have it like in the bottom corner. <laughs> just, have like, you seen missing. this? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. All right, you guys. I'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Wait a minute. Uh, um, I got it in the tip of my tongue. Come on. Um, oh, golly, I'm nervous. Let me see. Oh, Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> oh, Henry Dumbass.